0: Welcome to this podcast from Harvest Community Church of Huntersville, North Carolina, where our vision is to make disciples who make disciples for God's glory. I'm your host, Liz Stefanini. At Harvest, our desire is to be a house of prayer, and one of the major emphasis to help us develop that is what we call the 40 days of prayer. This year's theme is learning how to pray for others more biblically as we dive into the New Testament letter of Colossians. On today's podcast, Senior Pastor Jerry Barber talks with some harvesters who helped create the prayer guide for week 5 of the 40 days, January 29th through February 4th, to help prepare us to pray in ways that are biblical this week.
1: Thank you, Liz. We are looking forward to week five of the 40 days of prayer. We're in Colossians 3, 18 to 4, 1. And really, this this passage talks about probably the place where we live the most. This is home life. And for those that are married and or have children, uh, this this hits it all. Uh, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents and everything. Then there's admonition to fathers. And then in their first century, of course, they, they had slavery, not the Civil War type slavery, but they had slaves. And that was a mixed bag in the first century as well. But uh, there's just so many practical things this week, and I'm glad to be joined today uh, again by Amy Granada, uh, who wrote our our family discipleship section, but also uh, two people helped us write the Bible study this week: Maggie Cruz and Nathan Hardenbrook. Um, so let's let's start with Maggie. Um, Maggie, uh, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Uh, thank you for writing and. As you were working on this, what kind of things stood out to you? Can you share just personally how this might have helped you?
2: Sure. Well, the, the verses are straightforward and uh, plain, and, it's, and so they're easy and quick to read through. But what I so enjoyed doing this study was looking at the words, the verbs that are there and how they are so rich. So submission. What does that mean? Love. What does that mean? What does it mean to embitter or to be discouraged? Just within those words, they hold so much truth about what Paul wants us to be doing and how he wants to be acting in our relationships. And um, it's it's so it goes beneath the surface what what God is trying to teach us here. And it's good to dig in despite the simple phrases that can be found there in the scripture.
1: So Maggie. Um why submit, submitting, and you were writing on that, that portion, is not really popular in our culture. And there certainly have been some misunderstandings about what that really means. But how do, how do you deal with that? How do you answer that? Uh, because it is so countercultural.
2: Right. Well, first of all, knowing that it's countercultural clues me in to why God sees that as good, because so much of Christ's ministry is countercultural, and um, to know that God is so detailed in His creation to give us instruction about the order of our families shows His heart for us. To ha- set up the family as a government, as an institution, as a as a place where we need order, God is not a God of chaos. And I'm reminded of that over and over again. He puts an order to things and in the same way he does that in the family, to give the husband an office of leadership and the wife a a role of helpmeet and submission is humbling. And yes, my human nature grapples with it sometimes, but ultimately I'm so thankful um, that God didn't leave out the hard things (laughs) He, he gives us um, ways to grow with Him, and many wives, as wives, need to be humbled and and submissive to our husbands because it is pleasing to the Lord.
1: Well, speaking of husbands, we have a husband here with us, another husband, uh, Nathan Hardenbrook. And uh, loving your wives, you know, is we know the word love is not just a... Uh, have a warm feelings towards them, but it 's sacrificial, and that 's not an easy thing either so submission is tough and love is tough. Nathan, thanks for joining and just love to hear from you about uh, how God spoke to you in this passage
3: yeah, sure glad to be here um, as i was I was writing a lot on the section that 's somewhat difficult in form um, foreign to us culturally um, it's it's a section that talks about slaves obeying masters and so for me I think a lot of it was um, just a reminder that um, that circumstances only matter so much or don't matter that much really um, God God's calling all of us in, in all kinds of circumstances circumstances he has he has children that are just in every runs the gamut from every type of circumstance there's people in other countries and war-torn countries right now and um, and at the same time, when, when Paul was writing this, there were, there were people um, that were slaves and there were people that were masters, that were believers, that were, were followers of Jesus. Um, and so just, I was just reminded through writing this and, and thinking through and praying through this passage um, that God's, God's calling us to, um, to follow him and, and serve him well and to an eternal perspective, no matter our circumstances, and it's, it's particularly um, that eternal perspective um, is, is super helpful um, despite some of us in, in terrible circumstances, some of us in, in, in much better circumstances. But yeah, that, that was a, a big um, takeaway for me, was just re- being reminded of, of the circumstances and, and how, how our circumstances really don't, don't have a whole lot of uh, say in, in how, we, how we can serve God. We can, we can serve God well in all kinds of circumstances.
1: During these 40 days, we're having one major prayer request every week. And the prayer request this week, based on the passages, pray that believers will please God by the way they relate to their families and to others. Now, we struggled. How, how do you put all of this down? You know, slaves, masters, do you apply it to employers and employees? Because we don't have the same kind of cultural thing. But we thought, certainly relate to your families in biblical ways. But relate to all others. If you are in a, maybe you're a student uh, and there's a certain appropriate way. Maybe you're an employee or an employer or, or a business owner. That God has something for all of us. Uh, uh, let's welcome Amy back in again, um, who's joining us on all these podcasts uh, So Amy, uh, help us understand this week in week five, what families can expect. Uh, I would think this would be a really good one for families since the focus is families.
4: Thank you, Jerry. Yes, this week in our family discipleship guide, um, we have several really fun activities, I think, uh, that are not very intimidating, very easy to do, and will be memorable for the family. One of them is, during dinner time, giving compliments to one another. Now, these compliments aren't uh, superficial, like, Oh, your hair looks pretty today. But these compliments are focused on biblical qualities that you see in each other. For example, um, God made you special because you always think of others. Um, Just focusing on who you are in your heart versus what you look like or act like on the outside. Um, Another example, uh, it's called work for the Lord. So, Uh, this is directly focused on children trying to do and help around the house without being told. So making it fun for them, um, noticing others, which is a a biblical theme, I think, noticing uh, people who need help or people uh, who are different from each other. So that could be in your family or in your neighborhood, noticing when somebody needs help. It could be a project, it could be helping your mom with dinner or setting the table without being asked. Um, And then when parents see that their children are doing these things to, to recognize it and acknowledge their good works and how they're serving like Jesus. Another example is acts of kindness. And one thing I like in this description, it says when we work for the Lord, we don't need recognition or praise. So almost making it like a stealth thing that you can do. Take your kids uh, to do something kind for one of their neighbors or a teacher at school without needing to be praised or recognized for their actions.
1: Well, thank you, Amy. The, all, all through the 40 days, these uh, tips in the prayer family discipleship have been really helpful. So we're, we're thankful for that. So let me open it back up to anybody to answer this question, um, uh, especially the two writers uh, for... Uh, the Bible study. What can people do, do you think, to really prepare their hearts for this particular week? It, how how can they get ready uh, for week five of the forty days?
3: I think uh, for me, as I as I prepared for this section and of of scripture and reading through the the parts of Colossians up to that point, I was just struck, and I mentioned it before that the eternal perspective. Um, and I think as we come to our family relationships or other types of relationships with people, um, we, we tend to zoom in. And so just, I was reminded a lot to, to zoom out. And just so, so seeing all through Colossians 1 up to, you know, to chapter 3 and, and in chapter 4, just seeing the places we're, where we're called to an eternal perspective, to, to have that kind of zoomed out perspective really helps as we prepare to pray um, and, and read some of the, the scripture this week, I, I think was big for me.
2: Yes, I agree. Uh, To be reading all of these things, truths about who Christ is, sometimes we put our families and our relationships in a different category, and we, we don't link the gospel to the way we interact each day with our children or with our spouses. And to know that in this short book, Paul deemed it worthy to put these small instructions in here. So we need to listen to them and to see our relationships in light of the gospel and um, how a simple obedience by a child to their parent during the day might seem meaningless but it's working us to that next level of glory and and sanctification
1: you know i i I just thought as you were saying that maggie i just i thought about my own childhood and i thought about my parents who are both in heaven weren't perfect, certainly, and they definitely didn't have a perfect son, that was for sure. (laughs) But um, the gospel was lived out at home, too. You know, my dad was a leader in the church. You know, my mom was very involved. But it wasn't just that. I mean, we lived the gospel out, you know, through the week. And uh, those are good words. Those are great. Let me ask uh, you guys this question, and this can just go beyond this particular week about what God is teaching you in general about prayer. Is there anything in the last year, or the last six months, or even during these 40 days uh, that you'd say, God is really driving this home for me that you would like to share?
3: Yeah, just again, again, kind of that, that zoomed out perspective and, and um, consistency over a long period of time um, has, has been helpful for me in prayer. Um, this, this passage, drew my mind to a couple of poor circumstances in slavery maybe um in that time drew my mind to other other christians who were in poor circumstances at at different times in scripture i thought of um joseph um, and and his story and and david and and lots of other people paul himself even in in really poor circumstances sometimes and and just that the seeing them pray for years even for for a certain outcome and, and not not seeing immediate um, results. Um, but but God working through their story in the long term has just really encouraged me to, you know, those those people that I've been praying for for a long time and have maybe not been so consistent with it, um, it's, it's been really helpful just to remind me to have that, that long-term consistency that zoomed out. Remembering God's long-term perspective is maybe not not what my zoomed-in self always sees or understands, but just kind of zooming out and, and being consistent for, for the long term has, has been a good reminder for me.
2: And I've been enjoying the stillness aspect of prayer, um, though I don't always get it with two young girls at home. Um, sometimes when I'm being still, they think that that means that mommy's not doing anything, so they get to come and play or sit on my lap, but um, to be still before the Lord and to know that I don't have to have words to say immediately in prayer, but just take a second to to breathe to think about who he is, about what I have read, what we're studying. It puts a whole new beginning to prayer. And sometimes I've, I would find myself saying meaningless words at the beginning of prayer just to get myself to a place where I you know, was more focused. But that doesn't have to, nothing has to be said. I can just sit in the stillness and, and maybe a song lyric will come to my mind or yes, the scripture and, and it will lead me into communion with him
1: really i'm I'm really glad you mentioned that because that has just in this time that we've been doing this struck me i my pattern usually is to have some stillness before I even start in the word and yet in in the way the guide is structured, it's the word first, then a little bit of stillness and that has helped me even more because it's easy for my mind to get distracted. If I start with the stillness, you know, so it can work either way whenever you can be still and however is great, but it's a wonderful thing. So thanks, everybody, for joining today. And for those of you listening, we, we pray for you that you really will please God, whatever your family situation is, married, single, if you have children or don't, whatever your employment or life situation is, please God in the way you relate to your family and to others.
0: Thanks again for joining us from Harvest Community Church. This podcast is also available on our website, harvestcharlotte.com. Please go there if you want to send a question or comment, learn more about our church, or find out how you can donate to support the podcast.